we want to be in a place – and this will take the Lord's work in us, but try not to need the people, but you're looking to love them yeah. instead of like, oh, I'm trying to fill my cup up. I mean, yes, that may happen in the process, but we're looking to how, how can I encourage this person? How can I be a blessing to them? Here we go! Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Impress them on your children. Yeah. Talk about them when you see Hello, welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the family and discipleship pastor at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Pastor Anthony Trussoni, the supported elder at Poland Baptist Church in Poland, Maine. All right, Tony, we have refreshed ourselves and we are back at it. Are you you still doing well? I'm doing well, so and you know this podcast will be coming out a couple of days after the Super Bowl, so you know I, I'm glad that my prediction of uh, the Philadelphia Eagles winning that turned out of the Kansas City Chiefs winning turned out. Feel free to edit it accordingly. <laughs> so, how much money do you stand to make on that? <laughs> yeah, I don't have a ton uh, that uh, invested in it, but uh, you know, just about in every state, you could probably bet on the Super Bowl at this point. What man? I'm amazed at all the the gambling ads you see on sports stuff now. Um, it's become big business. Can you? The casino that that's there by near you is it just like you go and do slot machines and stuff, or can you bet on sports and stuff too? I don't really know how that stuff works. I mean, I haven't been there since yesterday. I'm kidding. I, I've never been there, so I actually don't know. <laughs> I don't know for sure. I think it's mostly I, there. Probably is a sports element, but yeah, but it's mostly I think slots and stuff like that. But but I would be willing to bet. I, I would bet my entire savings account that somebody named Kelsey will win a Super Bowl ring. Okay. Last prediction. name Kelsey, so you know, because Travis Kelsey and his brother, whatever Kelsey, are are playing each other. So, do they both play tight end, or uh, I think they... one's a guard. So, okay, I think Jason Kelsey, I think, is the name of the guard. But yeah, okay. So I wonder if these brothers, how are they friends as well, or they just happen to be related? I don't. I would. I would hope they're friends. Otherwise, it will pretty pretty intense Super Bowl. So could you get kind of nasty. Yeah. So. When you're, did you, maybe you did this as a, as a kid, uh, and probably you experienced this with your own kids, uh, but you went to something, a playground or something like that, and your kids came away and they had met someone new and they said, dad, this is, I was playing with this kid and they're my best friend. It's, oh, what was their name? I don't know. Uh, uh, yes. I'm a hundred percent sure. I think my youngest is the kind to do exactly that. Yes, well, we didn't talk about that. I mean, that, that wasn't really important. <laughs> we just hit it off. Yeah. Um, but that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, building friendships, but not as children, but rather as a, adults, because I think all of us have experienced that building friendships as a kid, especially a, a young kid, is just a different kind of experience than uh, building a friendship as an adult. So, I mean, have you noticed that a, a difference in making friends over time or just at different stages in your life? Was it easier or harder or something like that? Yeah, I definitely think it gets harder and less natural. And I think part of it is a cultural thing. I think that we're, you know, raised in a culture where it's kind of seen as weird, 
you know, <laughs> even their literal comedy is about how weird it is to make adult friends. Uh, but I think it is off. I think it often tends to be the case that, to me, I, I feel like I've seen in most people kind of the last education stop that somebody has kind of becomes their friend pool for the rest of their lives. It, it's, I, I don't know why, but it's that seems to be the case. I mean, people I knew that went to like my high school, that graduated high school, it seems like most of their friends now are, are people that went to high school with them. People went to my college that, don't, that didn't stop further than college, you know, mostly college. And then, you know, most of my friends that I'm close to, who I went to seminary with uh but uh, so i'm not close even you know it's funny because ben and i went to the same college together but we weren't particularly close until seminary so uh but you know i'm thankful that i i am in a situation where i do have some new friends i you know i have some very close friends and you know even in the past year i've kind of gotten very close to a guy that's become one of my closest friends that i've ever had so that i just met you know a year and a half ago so how about you ben uh, I certainly have noticed a difference over time. Like, yeah, like, you know, you go up, little kids are playing, and well, I don't know their name, but they're my best friend. Uh, and also, kids will do things and come up and say, well, do you want to be my friend? Well, yeah. And then they run off and play. Uh-huh. You know, you would you would feel a little strange about doing that as an adult, just walking up to someone <laughs> at the playground while your kids are playing. Would you like to be my friend? Well, sure. Um, and so, yes, it, it has, uh, as I've gotten older, and that's an interesting observation you made about the educational stop. And I could see that. I wonder if it's just the time you spend. Uh, I don't know. But I mean, because, you know, when you're in class, you're not usually conversing. I mean, I guess there can be projects and things like that. But um, I had not really thought about that before, but I could see it. I mean, prob- of the people that I spent a lot of time with in seminary, I mean, you and then I can think of one other friend. I, I, my, our wives have stayed in touch. He and I have not stayed in touch uh, nearly as much. But it, it does it, as different things, uh, layers of responsibility get added onto your yeah. life. It does seem like uh, friendship becomes harder. So I mean, what factors do you think make that a reality where it is harder? Um, as you get older, particularly people who are married with children to either start a friendship or sustain friendships that they already have? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I, I think we just naturally have less time. I think, you know, that's obviously one of it. I mean, you alluded to. I mean, it's just, I mean, children take up a lot of our time. I mean, marriage does, and that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think men particularly uh, it can be stubborn and, and selfish independent sometimes it's I mean it seems to be the case that I mean you're pointing out harder for adults to have friends that seems especially by a long shot to be the case among men this does not seem as much to be the case to women who oftentimes are actually busier to be honest in our kind of sexist culture so uh, and I, but what is interesting to me is though that uh, this does seem in part to be kind of a Western thing. Uh, you know, I've even talked to Christians that are believers that came up in different contexts, uh, different places around the world, and I know that it's it was not really unusual. You know, in places it's not unusual in places like India 
or you know that places like Africa for adults and just adults that are even raising kids to just have start new friendships. Uh, it's far more common than it is now. But you know we live in. Uh, there's that fantastic sociological book that came out several years ago called Bowling Alone, and we kind of live in this bowling alone uh, culture. You know we don't have we don't have a lot of these metrics of connection that that people in the past do, and these formal even these formal connections have died out. We're we're a very independent people more and more, especially men. But what do you think, Ben? Yeah, I, I you went a lot of places. I was thinking uh, those relational obligations that we gain with spouses and children, they're not bad, but they are a reality. And so, I mean, I, I was with a group of guys the other day and one of them was noting, and they're all dads, they were noting like, you know, to tell their wife, well, yeah, I'm going to be gone out of the golf course for four hours with my, my buddies. I think that's just, that's a hard sell. Um, if you've been gone throughout the week and things like mm -hmm. that with work and, um, I mean, you also you have energy constraints. There may be financial constraints. That things that you may have done when you were younger and had more freedom and less responsibility, and so now it's just a different kind of life. And, and then you mentioned the cultural issues. I think another thing too, people are. I mean, I, it's sort of a favorite hobby of mine. Actually, I had a little Freudian slip. I was preaching to the the chapel at our middle and high school here, and um, I pulled my phone out. I was talking about the fear of the Lord and the fear of man, and. Um, I pulled out my phone and made reference to it as a little devil box. And someone, I, I don't know who, it was in the direction of where one of my children was sitting. And I, I heard this noise like, ugh. And, uh, but it's, you know, I, I mean, I've seen some stuff in multiple places um, where it's talking about th this is not so much tied to friendship, though, I guess you could say it is related. Uh, but people are having less uh, intimate contact. Um, and partly I think it's because they're on screens and so yeah. like teenagers and stuff like that. And so, um, I think another thing too, there, there's all, and we've talked about this before, but almost like a worship of children and mm -hmm. trying to make sure that they do all the activities and they need to have this practice and that practice and this lesson and be on this team. And, um, so we're stretched so thin with that. Well, I mean, building friendships is just really not even an option. So uh, the culture uh, where we live, it doesn't matter uh, where we are. We are affected by our culture. And so I think it's just trying to become aware of, okay, what are some of the things working in our particular culture? Uh, and are those things that are good for us and that are glorifying to God or not? So, I mean, here's a very pointed question for you, but are kids an obstacle to friendships? In a way, I mean, they can certainly limit their time with friends and, you know, Limited time with friends doesn't mean not having friends by any stretch. Uh, I should hope it would at least limit our times with friends, typically. Uh, I, I think when they're too much of a limitation, an obstacle, they actually can act, that actually can be something that ends up hurting our kids uh, and failing to provide a positive example for our kids. But, you know, sometimes, though, on the, con um, on the contrast, the, our kids can be the path to our friends. I, I've known many... Uh, many uh, men and women that have found, you know, situations in which, you know, their kids develop a best
best friend and and which case that uh, you know deep friendships build between the parents even you know I had a uh, I had like a, a best friend in high school I haven't talked to this guy in many years but I know that my parents got to be very close with his parents even after I had kind of faded away in my friendship with this friend uh, so and that's not you know even among those who are actively involved in churches I suspect that happens even more but do you think kids are an obstacle to friendship I mean to an extent you're right they they are um, they require a lot and that's not necessarily a bad thing I think I mean you just answered that well I, I too had a, an experience now and this this friend of mine stretched back to elementary school uh, and even past high school um, we've not kept in touch as much as adults but we, we do some uh, I hadn't talked to him in a while but still our parents will occasionally get together for dinner and um, actually my parents were considering or maybe they even did I can't remember uh, if something happened to them in their will leaving my sister and me, because my sister was also friends with his sister, um, leaving us with them. And so, you know, there was a high level of trust there. So what do parents stand to lose if they're lacking in the friend department? And also what do they stand to gain? Yeah, I think they lose the sanctifying effect of iron sharpening iron from parenting. I mean, from friendships rather, uh, including the impact of that on our parenting. I mean, the reality is that no, none of us are called a parent in, in, on an island in that kind of sense. Uh, and parenting is an act of worship unto the Lord. It is a discipleship matter. And, you know, we're not going to be the godliest parents if we're, if we're parenting apart from the input of, of friends that love Jesus that can kind of feed into our lives in a healthy way, even rebuke us when needed. So uh, I think also... Uh, that l- kids can lose positive examples uh, beyond their parents of the faith. I-, I think we have brought up so many times before that kids need to see pos- as many positive Christian examples as they can. And so often, you know, dad's buddy who loves the Lord or mom's uh, girlfriend who loves Jesus is is such a key to uh, giving a-, a good example of the faith and-, and can even lead to investment from that person into a child in their faith. So, uh, and I think that's that the other side of this, though, is that uh, that there is an element of which they do stand to gain, you know, by focusing on their children, neglect of friendships, even from a historical lens. I mean, I, I think that when it particularly par- male, particularly when fathers are more invested in the home, I mean, I think there can be a more undivided parenting. Uh, I, think, I think an example of this is even shown in, oddly, this is, seems really weird, but the history of grilling in America. Actually, grilling was largely something that was done by women in the early 20th century, you know, as all cooking was. And a lot of the push even by a lot of uh, forces from the government towards men being at home and cooking and things like that was that we want men out of the pubs uh, and just getting drunk at the saloons with their buddies and, you know, and then unfortunately sometimes beating their wives and children. And we want them instead, we want them invested in the household. And that's a good thing. It's a good thing for men Mm -hmm. to be involved in the household men more than they used to. And for women, likewise, to not be derelict in their parenting. Uh, But I still think that we can go too far what do you think ben yeah and i mean there's often unintended consequences to to things that we do um but yeah i think i mean we can just speaking from a uh some information i've come across 
um, from a sense of well-being and stability. Uh, when we're lacking in friends, it, it can lead to those kinds of things, to depression and isolation. Yeah. Um, but – on the other hand, you brought this out well, we can gain wisdom and uh, a partnership with others, encouragement, uh, support, and those kinds of things, which those are things that, that God built in. That, that's uh, part of the reason that we, we have those relationships. Uh, and, you know, going, but we talked about, uh, or probably pretty often appeal to creation and creational patterns in, in this podcast. But back in Genesis 1, it's not good for the man to be alone. Well, yes, that did refer to marriage. I think, though, that there's more to it than simply marriage. Mm. Um, we're intended to be in relationship with each other, and that's reflective of God's own character, that God in eternity was in a, a relationship, a, a tri-unity uh, relationship. And so we reflect that as we have friends, uh, and not just within our family. That those are not the only relationships that we're tending to. <clears throat> and, and I'll say, I mean, I've um, not done a fantastic job at that. I think as as time has gone on, uh, my kids have gotten a little older, and that's given some more flexibility in that. But um, I don't know. My wife and I have have talked about some of these things and experienced some of the the loss, but also some of the gain in, in different ways. So how much of a priority should it be for making and developing friendships for parents? Yeah, I, I think it has to come after our clear responsibilities. There's no question that. I mean, there is there is more direct teaching on these kind of things of, of you know, we have to be uh, faithful in discipling our kids. We have to be uh, loving our wives or our husbands uh, well, and we have to be faithful in, in our work and, and even church membership. Uh, but though, to be fair, I think friendship is often part of things like church membership. I think friendship can be part of working heartily as unto the Lord. Uh, but sometimes at a point, showing your kids that you don't idolize them and your time with godly and that friends um, that is important becomes a good thing, uh, a profoundly good thing. And even, and that's where a lot of times discipleship is something that overlaps, you know, we can't overly compartmentalize. Uh, so it definitely shouldn't be the, the ultimate priority, but it's still important. Yeah, I, I don't know that we can make a, a list, and, and I don't really like the the approach to priorities of you know God is first, uh -huh. and then the second and third. I think it's more concentric circles working out yeah. is, is probably a better way of doing that because they they do touch on each other, or you know you take a, a a pond and you drop a rock and, and the the ripples out there. Um, I think it should be probably a higher priority for many than it is, and, and I would put I could put myself in that as well. Um, I think that's something I'm trying to get better at, but yeah, and, and just everybody's family is different. Your situation, maybe someone's having to work two jobs. I, I mean, there can just be so many things that factor into those health issues, but, um, pursuing those things, it is a good thing for us. And then it can be a blessing to our, our family, uh, as well, if we have that support and somebody to give us wisdom or to speak into our, like you said, rebuke sometimes like, Hey man, what are you doing? That's not good. Or, you know, sister, Hey, we've noticed this. We want to bring this to your attention. Um, so here's, uh, an issue that I hear particularly, well, I don't know. 
kind of particularly from younger people, but not always. I think there's a there's a general human tendency to to gravitate towards people who are similar to us. Mm-hmm. But how much of a priority should um, it be to make friends, or how essential is it to make friends at a similar stage of life as you? Not at all. Next question. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, I'll, I'll elaborate. I, I don't think it's really is that important in the vast majority of cases. Uh, you know, I, I think even if you look to the biblical text and, you know, a lot of sometimes this is doing math and not explicit Bible verses. I mean, like the most famous friendship in the Bible is David and Jonathan. And we, we like to depict them as, you know, basically, you know, almost like they're schoolmates. But uh, I mean, almost certainly da- Jonathan was significantly older than David. Um, you know, that they probably weren't in the same stage. It's likely that Jonathan had kids, uh, you know, while uh, and basically an established household. Well, you know, David was uh, running wild in, <laughs> in a way, you know, running wild to the Lord. But uh, and, and that was good. It was a edifying friendship that they had to the extent to which one can be edifying without the Holy Spirit living within you. So, uh, you know, and I, I do think sometimes it's natural to develop uh, friendships at a similar life stage. Sometimes it just happens and that's okay. Uh, you know, I think of an example of that would be uh, some of our, you know, I'll, I'll shout out people on the podcast. Some, my wife and I, some of our closest friends and our kids' closest friends are a family in Maryland, the Cooks. Um, and uh, I'm particularly friends with Sam, the uh, patriarch of the household, if you will, the husband. And, uh, you know, basically that friendship came. My wife is in a Bible study and a uh, and like uh, an inner church Bible study. And it there was a nursing mother's class uh, and, you know, that she my wife and and my Buddy's wife were both nursing wives, and you know we kind of got involved in each other's lives. As at as at event originally, honestly, we we're just kind of uh, that husbands uh, of friends, and then we, you know, we're uh, that Sam and I, the husband, are extremely close to this day, and and I think we probably will be even in kingdom come. And, uh, and that was just kind of a natural similar stage, but it wasn't a, you know, intentional, like we're going to make sure that it's a similar stage in life friendship. But uh, I, I tend to think friends at different ages and life stages are profoundly beneficial. I mean, even when they are in different situations, they can speak truth to their lives in ways that sometimes they're not biased. I don't think it's, I think it's beautiful when somebody who's, you know, a single 25 year old that loves Jesus, that encourages the 45 year old of the teenager and, and how we can disciple that teenager. You know, it's such a weird thing to our culture, but it's such a godly thing from a biblical perspective. So I don't think it's important really at all. What do you think, Ben? I think it can be helpful thing. It can be a natural thing. It's not wrong. It can be a blessing. Um, but I do want to raise the question: like, can you not have friends that um, that don't mirror you? Um, and I think that was a good observation about uh, David and Jonathan. We you know at least Jonathan had Mephibosheth, uh, who was you know when the battle happened, he's dropped and he his legs are broken, crippling him for life. So at that point yeah david does david himself was married uh at least eventually to jonathan's sister um doesn't seem to yeah no children yet so they weren't exactly at the same stage and uh i don't know yeah if you probably check genealogy stuff or something but um well but I that think, is a good did observation. mephibosheth have children 
Uh, ah. by, by, I mean, he eventually had children, but if I maybe I'm wrong on this, but I thought Mephibosheth, uh, I, I thought most commentators suggest Mephibosheth would have had to have children before he had the accident. Yeah, that's a good... Hmm. Which would be a significant part. Either way, I mean, mo- the vast majority of commentators think that, I mean, that Jonathan was at least at least 10, 15 years older than David. Yeah, and I have heard that, that he would have been noticeably older. Um, and I think, yeah, I, why not? Uh, I think some it's just cultural assumptions. Our educational system kind of reinforces people being not just like, oh, well, this kid's, you know, three years older and he's friends with this other one, but like that you're with people that were born within a year of you. Um, and that just, I don't know, I, I think it can put some pressure on um on people to sort of see, oh, I must find friends at that stage. And again, it's helpful. It's encouraging sometimes to have comrades in arms. And, you know, if you've got very young children and your lack of sleep and you can commiserate with one another, things like that. But yeah, it's certainly not a, I wouldn't say an absolute necessity. Um, so what role, we, we, you've already mentioned the local church, what role does it play in this? And what if you just don't naturally click with people in your church like you may have uh, with friends when you were like 12 or 22 and you're mm-hmm. at a different stage of life. Yeah. I, I suspect most, in most cases, not all by any stretch, but in most cases, local churches should be the source of our closest friendships. Uh, you know, I think probably this should be the case in most cases and churches. You know, now I live, we live in New England where churches tend to be tiny and not have a lot of kids. And so that's trickier. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I think in most cases this will, even if it involves friendships that are more uh, cross age group. So, but sometimes I think the click, even in those kind of things, will come in time. You know, so it might be the case that you, you know, you are going to church. Somebody, you know, twice your age is the person that you happen to be in the Bible study with the most time. And, and it takes a while to really click with that person. But, but I think the beauty is, you know, when this is brought up, I often find that sometimes the friendships that don't click initially become the deepest friendships. Uh, I mean, really profound. And on it, I mean, you know, I'll say, I mean, we were we became close friends in our twenties, but uh, you know, I don't think that was the case for us. I don't think we clicked in that way initially, and and yet, I think this has been a really godly bounded friendship. But I've seen many beautiful times in which that's happened through persevering through faithfulness in a church together, or even through other ministries. Uh, and I, I do say, I will say, it is okay to have close friends across other churches. Uh, but, you know, it, I don't think it really should be all of our friends. Uh, I don't think it's healthy if there are other Christians at your church that love Jesus, and yet you've basically made your source of friends to be some, something outside of your church. I think that's a good point, yeah. I mean, there's no, like, you can't go to a specific text in Scripture to say that, but it would raise some question as to, hmm, there's these other people uh, who love Jesus and— why 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 not you know making effort yeah. towards them and building those relationships now it's is one thing you know you move to a new area and you still have friends that you want to maintain back where you came from i mean there there's a lot of things that can factor in um so how do you manage 
or how how would an adult parent manage their own friendships while also trying to manage the rest of life's responsibilities with they have a a relationship with their spouse and with their children and uh, various other things I mean how do you how do you do that yeah I'll answer but I'm not always the best at this to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I need to you know put my phone in the kitchen sometimes uh, and not respond to friends immediately at times but. Uh, I think sometimes being okay with not having the consistency uh, over th- uh, that so that you can focus on things that require that consistency. You know, I, I, we almost have, I feel like, an attitude that there's a shame. You know, if, if I'm not calling this buddy every week or whatever, you know, that this isn't a real friendship. And I, I don't believe that. You know, I think that's wise to keep investing in friendships, but. I I firmly believe that there's nothing wrong with the fact that I you know I have friends that I went to church with in seminary that I was very close with that I might not be close with again because of time until you know the new heavens new earth and and that's okay and and that can be godly and wise at times uh, and we shouldn't feel shame about that uh, but I, I would say that in a lot of ways one other aspect of managing this well is that you shouldn't again make those kind of separate circles you. You know, there should be an overlap. I think at times it's wise to join friendships with activities of family. And, you know, and also it's wise to sometimes sacrifice other leisure so that you can have family. I mean, we le- I think part of the reason why there's such a little emphasis on fam- on um, adult friendship is not because we're in to invest in family. I think it's oftentimes because we have this ridiculous me time mentality and that often parades over all of our other responsibilities. But, you know, I, I think sometimes a way to invest in those in, in a healthy way is is you know, to have people over for dinner and dine with you, you know, so you don't need to go on, it's okay to go on a hunting trip sometimes, but sometimes it's maybe more helpful to say, I'm going to have this, you know, my buddy and his family over for dinner and we're going to spend time together with family. We're going to have family worship together, for example. But, uh, or, you know, another way is you could do a podcast with one of your best friends and put it up every first and third th- Thursday. <laughs> That's an option. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like what you said. I, I don't think that I have done this particularly well. I think, you know, there's been some improvement, but yeah, I've got a, one of my closest friends for most of the time that we've been really good friends have not lived in the same town. Um, we actually, we went, you know, you and I went to college together and then didn't really become closer friends until later. Well, I had a friend that I went to high school with that, I mean, we sort of became friends a little bit towards the you know, our last year, but then it was after that, that, that really, uh, grew a deeper friendship. And so for most of that, he's been in a, uh, different state. And anyway, we, we would still keep in touch, but until the last year he was single and, you know, I was married with children. And so just at different life stages, he had some more flexibility. Now he's a very outgoing social guy. And I mean, he was, you know, regularly going, to meet people and doing things with his church and this kind of stuff. Now he's just within the last couple of weeks uh, had a child himself. And so, uh, it'll be interesting to see, you know, cause he's, he's just the relational guy, you know, how he, he maintains that. But, um, we would check in with each other, but it wasn't, uh, you know, all the time, but there was still, you know, it was still maintained. And so I think it's just, there has to be a level of intentionality and, I don't think there's a one-size-fits-all prescription, but just making it a priority. I mean, I've seen some things that suggest, 
you know, maybe with your own spiritual life, your physical life, uh, the, the spiritual health of your family, that there's certain things that you say, I'm going to commit to this practice, like family worship. We're going to do this every day, or we're going to do this once a week, or I'm going to exercise as many times to, to pencil in your week. I'm going to talk to a friend for an hour. I don't think that's legalistic. I think that can just that can be a wise thing to say, okay, this is a target that I'm aiming at, and these are the steps I'm going to take to to try to hit that because this is good. It's good for that other person. It's good for me. Um, I think you give yourself grace if you fall, but I mean, just having some sort of uh, an idea, a target that you're aiming at, is is a good thing. Um, <clears throat> was there anything that we can learn from our kids about making friends? Yeah, in ways. Uh, I want to be kind of careful here because. You know, I, 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 first I will note positively, I think God works in a child's eagerness to make someone a friend. And that is really something to celebrate and that maybe we should have that more willingly. I, I, you know, you brought up the example of on a playground, will you be my friend? You know, I, I don't know that we should use that exact same terminology, but <laughs> I mean, it's, I think that's been, there's beautiful example of that kind of childlike faith and, and some guys I've seen that are church planners. You know, sometimes some of the best like evangelists for the Lord are the people that basically have that same kind of kids mentality. They find somebody when they're at a coffee shop and will you be my friend? And, and then, you know, Jesus pours in over time. And I think that's wonderful. And we should celebrate that and maybe learn from that. But I do think we need to be careful because honestly, sometimes childhood friends fade, not because we turn into cynical adults, but sometimes it fades because these friendships were never really that deep to begin with. You know, it's, uh, I mean, if we're honest, I mean, how, how much of a bond is a bond over a favorite Disney movie, for example, in a way that a kid might bond or whatever? Uh, I mean, even I reflect on some of my own friendships. Again, I mentioned I had I had in like high school, I had a friend that was that was my best friend for like five years. I don't touch base with them. And I think it wasn't because, you know, that. I lost my childhood friendship, but it was probably because in part, honestly, I was a bit of a, I was more of a leech on him than I was ever a real friend. And, and so, you know, when you're a leech, eventually the leech drops off <laughs> and, uh, uh, rather than being a helpful friend. And I think that happens. And so we should be careful not to overly celebrate that. But what do you think then? Well, and I think, yeah, I want to be careful about not giving this idea that we should just learn all our wisdom from children and to return to the innocence of that. <laughs> but there is something – like God gave uh, children to the care of parents for a reason. Um, but the eagerness that you were talking about, and there's not this facade, off, especially the younger they are, there's just this expectation that like, well, hey, let's just – let's be friends. Let's play. Why not? Um, and that's a good thing. Like there's not this guarding of what do they think about me? And well, what if I say this? And you're just less self-aware. And I think in a helpful way, in a humble way, you're not thinking about yourself. It's just like, well, Hey, let's, let's play this thing together. Yeah. Let's do this. Um, and so, yeah, just putting yourself out there some, um, is, is a helpful thing. Um, what, what might be required in terms of life changes for parents who find themselves without a lot of friends, uh, or maybe no friends, what kind of, I mean, something's got to change. I think that, and I'm assuming something by even asking the question that way, that something's got to change. If you really don't have many friendships or, no, or any friendships at all, and if you just keep doing what you're doing, I, 
probably you shouldn't expect to to develop those friendships or to to gain new ones. So what might be required uh, to help get you started? Positively, I think, and this might be the most important part of this, is greater church involvement. I, I think this is clearly important. And I've seen so many people that feel like they don't have a lot of friends in church. And it's been cases where they're just not that involved in church. Uh, and I think you'll need to have that to develop friendship or involvement in other faithful things unto the Lord. And I think if you don't do that, by the way, it's often going to be the case that we're going to find our closest friends in an unhelpful, ungodly way. So, uh, but, you know, but obviously this will mean we have limited time and perhaps our kids' commitments must drop sometimes in a healthy manner. Uh, you know, I, I don't know that a parent who says yes to everything their kid wants that has their kids enrolled in three different sports or whatever is going to be able to have a healthy friend life. And, you know, I think it's probably wise then that that parent chooses that they need to stop idolizing their kids a little bit. Um, and, uh, and I think in another way, and this might sound silly, but I do think it matters um, in terms of life of changing, developing friendship, is as developing a lifestyle and even a planning wherein you leave freezer space uh, for meals to bring over to friends, for example. You know, that's just kind of the life that you live now that you want to, I think such a great example, I think, of godly friendship, even while you have kids, is shown in uh, Rosario Butterfield's life. I really love Rosario Butterfield's The Gospel Comes to the house key and i think that that's meant to be in part about evangelism but i think also you know it shows the kind of i mean the best friends are the people that you know that reserve that that have this kind of flexibility that that they're they're able to serve those who are in need and even i saw i feel like uh our family even when we went through hard times in seminary we saw that in the way that you guys lived and, and treated us you know, sometimes having that, having kind of a game plan for the unexpected is part of uh, life changes for developing friendships. Hmm. What do you think, Ben? I, I really like what you said. And I mean, it, some of it was, it's, it's pretty to the point, but you're a pretty to the point guy. But yeah, the idolization of children. And um, that's one of the first things that came to my mind. Just we've got them in so many activities and we're spread so thin. And maybe if you got multiple kids that, well, here, we're going to divide and conquer. And you take this one to this practice and then you'll pick this other one up and take them there. And then you get this one from this practice and this recital. And, um, and, and we're just getting to the point where all of our kids are kind of old enough to be involved in activities. And so we've consciously trying not to overextend ourselves and um, figuring out what that looks like. Because, I mean, we do want our children to be able to enjoy some of those kinds of activities. It can be a really good thing, but at the same time, we don't want it to control our lives. And so, um, yeah, there was a couple, we had a, a deacon ordination in our church last night, and uh, one of the guys that had been ordained, um, he told me, he said, hey, I know this is really last minute, but we just, we put it on a big pot of chili, and so, you know, if you can come over, we'd love to have you. Uh, unfortunately, mm -hmm. we weren't able to make it, um, but just that kind of thing, like, they were just prepared to, let's, yeah. let's have some people. Um, and I mean, this is, this is, you know, it just encouraged me, uh, and it, my kids were sad, too, that we couldn't go over to their house, mm -hmm. and like, my kids are way older than their kids. I mean, their kids are small, very small. And, but it was like, oh, hey, we can go, we like them, you know? And so mm -hmm. I think that was, that's a healthy thing. Um, but yes, yeah, so it will require making some changes and uh, the building in some margin 
And, uh, hmm. you know, because when we say yes to something, there is an opportunity cost to it. It means we're saying no to some other things. And so um, it, it may require some pain points, particularly if you have kids and you're trying to cut back on some stuff. But, you know, them being happy is not the end all be all. And sometimes the kids may be okay with cutting out something. They may not want to be exhausted. They you know, just kind of, they mm -hmm. like being with you and like, oh yeah, that'd be kind of cool to eat dinner with the Joneses and just kind of hang out at the house. Yeah, that sounds kind of good. Um, so is, um, what if people aren't flocking to you and coming up and saying, hey, why don't we be friends? Would you like to play with me? Um, what do you do? I'd start by maybe changing what body wash you use. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's terrible. If you want to make cut sure it. you got white teeth and a... <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. If you want to cut that, cut it. <laughs> 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 I think I would say for that, you know, I, I think pray and pursue, two P words. Um, I, I, I think it's a good thing to pray for, to pray for friends. But also, I think a lot of people don't pursue friendships to, uh, now. And, you know, so sometimes when you don't have these friends flocking to you, it's be, not because people don't like you, but it's because, you know, it's just uh, people don't want to start that, if that makes sense in our culture, which is not great. But, you know, maybe then put that on your own, that you're going to you're going to pursue people at your church. You're going to pursue inviting them over for ch when you have a little extra chili or whatever. Uh, you're going to pursue that uh, being involved in their lives, getting to know them, praying for them specifically. And I think oftentimes this leads to friendships to develop in church or whatever Christian context. Make sure they're Christians, by the way. So I, I do want to note, even when we're thinking about developing friendships, though, I, I don't always think this has to be the same gender as well. Uh, you know, that that's a whole nother discussion perhaps for another time and there's wisdom there but you know i don't think that there always should be a shame even in uh cross-gender relationships uh, that uh, that are friendships that are, that are wise and safe and godly uh and enjoy those times sometimes but uh but another thing uh, just really practical and this might feel uncomfortable for some people i think express uh, our feeling of not being able to find friends, express it to your pastors. Uh, and, you know, because I think sometimes that they would love to be able to help shepherd you and helping you develop biblical friendships. And they might be able to really have some, you know, ways that they connect you to people and even know people that, you know, I could use a friend. Uh, and uh, and I lastly, I'd just say join a small group. You know, get more involved in church. I think a lot of times the more involved we get, the more we see other people that uh, or Sunday school that are you know are involved and and running hard after Jesus, and we make them a godly running buddy. Yeah, yeah, that's and I used that illustration before, and that's a good idea. Um, I, yeah, I mean, we should ask the Lord for help. And then do something about it. In faith, act. And this may be easier for some than others, but we have to seek them out. And mm -hmm. it just decide, you know what? Like you, you made a really good observation. The fact that they're not coming to you may not necessarily mean they don't like you. They just mm -hmm. may be absorbed with their own stuff or they're, they're scared or uh, whatever the case may be. Now, I just want to acknowledge there may be some cases where, yeah, maybe – Maybe you are a little different or something, um, but still, if you've got to trust in the Lord, ask him uh, 
to help and then do something. Seek them out and be persistent. Add another P in there. I mean, we're a couple of Baptist preachers. You got to alliterate, um, but yeah. be persistent in that and just go, okay, well, I'll just keep trying. I'll just keep, Hey, come over to the house. Uh, Hey, let's do this. Um, and I think we want to be in a place to, and, and this will take the Lord's work in us, but try not to need the people, but you're looking to love them yeah. instead of like, Oh, I'm trying to fill my cup up. I mean, yes, that may happen in the process, um, but we're looking to how, how can I encourage this person? How can I be a blessing to them? And so that doesn't seem like you're desperate or something. Um, but I mean, I know I've been around, talked to some guys even recently, and it seems like there, there's a craving for friendship and connection that you know they've entered into a stage of life with with lots more domestic obligations than they had, mm-hmm. and it's like, whoo, this, this is a whole different thing. And so then they had a chance to connect, and it was, you know. Th- a lot chattier than I expected it would be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just longing for that. And again, your relationship with your wife, your children, it's a good thing if you're a man. But there is something to being able to connect with someone of the same gender, and there's just differences there. And that's that's God-given, and that's good, and we should embrace that. Um, I mean, like the kinds of conversations and the nature of how they go like, that I have with my wife versus with you, it's just different, you know? And yeah. And it's godly. Um, yeah. I mean, there's been surely times we have, you know, not been, but it's um, a lot of it just, yeah, it's it's a gift from the Lord that we should embrace. Um, but Tony, I am thankful for your friendship, and uh, I am I'm thankful that we could have this conversation. Hopefully this will be something the Lord will use in those who listen to, to stir them to pursue, to, uh, to seek out new friendships or to – uh, maintain and cultivate current ones that they have because it is a gift from the Lord mm-hmm. and uh, it's one that, that is suffering in our culture today. So thanks True. for thinking with me about it. Amen. God bless. And I appreciate your friendship. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Theological Family Ministry Podcast. If you have enjoyed this episode, please give us a review on iTunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media. All new episodes are available to listen to on Stitcher, SoundCloud, YouTube, Spreaker, and iTunes. We hope you have a great week, and join us again every first and third Thursday.